It's show 140 of the Rim Pro Report today. Angie Singer Keating of Reclamere. The show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. You know, show season appears to be done. Nades just completed, AIM is finished, Prism Conference done. But hovering just over the horizon in September after the summer is the O'Neill Partner Conference. And officially, you can register for it now that uh, the the main industry conferences are kind of out of the way. The conference will be held September 18th to 20th in Huntington Beach, California, along with cutting-edge training and updates and ways to use the software to its greatest advantage. Neil has the largest and coolest fundraising event in the industry. And if you want to learn more about the conference, you can do so at O'Neillsoft.com. Put your seatbelts on. This just might be a bumpy ride. Welcome to the Rim Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim support services industry. Bustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information. So take notes. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me, and we're back after a week off. It was great to see so many industry friends and colleagues last week in Florida at the PRISM conference. Thanks to so many of you for your kind words about about what we do here each week. I'm so very glad the show provides a benefit to you. That's why we do it. That's why we love to do it. And frankly, I love doing the show. I love talking to so many cool people, hearing their stories, hearing their perspectives, hearing what they're all about. And uh, so that's why we're here. Thank you. I left Bonita Springs after the Prism show last Friday and flew up to Boston for the weekend. I then spent the last few days on Martha's Vineyard with Becky. So all that to say, we're actually going to ignore the industry news this week. I just haven't had time to put it all together. We're going to get back to it next week. So I'm actually going to jump right into my conversation with today's guest, Angie Singer-Keating of Reclamere. I... I I know Angie, she's been on the show before, and I watched her last, a uh, couple of months ago at the Nade conference, and she talked a lot about some interesting things happening in data security, and so I want to talk to her about that. So hold tight while I get her on the line. Angie Singer-Keating is the CEO of Reclamere, an expert data security company based in Tyrone, Pennsylvania. We're welcoming her back to the show for a second time. Angie, are you there? I am, Tom. How are you? I am great. Welcome back to the Rim Pro Report. It's great to have you back. I know a lot of people in the, the greater Rim industry know you, but just to, just to reconfirm who you are, you're the CEO of Reclamere. Tell us a little bit about what Reclamere is and does. Uh, well, Reclamere was founded in 2001 for computer recycling, and an evolution basically began. Recycling led to certified data destruction, which led to hard drive data recovery. That led to digital forensics, and ultimately forensics has led to data breach response as well as security service. And all of this happens under one roof, so my days are absolutely fascinating yeah and it sounds like the evolution of that has really you know come in the last number of years as data has just gone exponentially wild it must be kind of cool to live at reclamere these days i think so of course i'm a little bit biased but um, (laughs) it really fulfills um, my passion which really is all around helping small and mid-sized businesses just like reclamere 
um, avoid the completely unavoidable data breaches, whether it's through destruction or whether it's through uh, investigation or, or whether it's through trying to help them um, understand how to secure their system. Right. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show again is because a couple of months ago at the NAID conference, you gave what was a pretty important talk on data security and the trends that you're seeing related to it for business. And really today, I wanted to dig a little deeper into that process, into some of the stuff you're seeing and observing in the world that you live in, because in many cases, the people that listen to this program are involved in uh, and often in either data destruction, as we've talked about, uh, data protection in terms of media vaults and storage of people's uh, tape and media assets and, and the back and forth on those. A lot of people are getting into the whole space of, of helping people with scanning and imaging and, and um, online data storage. There's a whole bunch of stuff that our industry is evolving to as a result of, of the amount of sheer volume of data in the world. Uh, but the talk you gave really started focusing on the security side of that. So um, let's let's just start with where, where are you seeing um, some of the most uh, awkward or maybe potentially scary things that are happening in the world? What are, what are some of the, the first things you're, you know, if I say, where, where are you seeing all the action happen? How do you respond to that? What's, what's some of the initial stuff that's happening in the world now that is becoming very evident to you as a security company? Well, I think the significance of the presentation at NAID was that I had asked uh, to be a speaker on this topic for a few years now. And the general consensus was that our um, membership may not find that type of topic as useful as things regarding sales or operations, and that these types of topics could be gotten at local chambers of commerce and, and so forth. And I, and I knew that that really wasn't the case, um, that they were getting that kind of information. And I also knew that the challenges that we have in order to continue to push the professionalism of our industries right. um, really meant that we needed to take a kind of a, a, a different approach in how we viewed security. And so you're absolutely right about um, just, like Rev, uh, just like Reclamere has evolved, so many companies that started out in just paper destruction or paper storage, they've evolved too with great yeah. services that they offer their clients. And so what we're seeing right now are security threats that are completely preventable and that the prevention is low cost and easily implemented. And so really my crusade is to kind of get that message out there that you can fight this cyber monster that's out there and keep your business safe. And and you see it, I, I think what's interesting to me is that you see this not just from an industry perspective in terms of, say, the record storage, data protection, uh, secure destruction industry. You're dealing with this with uh, end-user corporations, uh, your client base as a Reclamere client base. Uh, that are dealing with these kind of data breach, data security issues all the time. What are you seeing in that world right now? Well, I, I like to tell people that when we get called in on a data breach, um, it's kind of like when a paramedic shows up at an at an accident scene. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, you those those folks see the result of failure to wear, wear seatbelts, 
failure to wear a helmet. And, and huh. we see the same types of things when we come into a corporation, whether it's large or small. We see completely preventable security issues that very simple things and very simple policies and procedures, sometimes that they actually have but aren't following, could have prevented. And I think that that gives us a very unique perspective because when you kind of come in when mm. things have gone as wrong as they can possibly go and you're helping a client in crisis, you have the benefit of learning a whole lot of lessons that you can then take to other clients and help apply them. And so when people ask me things like, well, what is the best practice around server patching? I can tell you the theoretical, and then I can tell you what actually happens in the real world when they're not properly patched. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to dig into some of that stuff, but I think one of the things that I, I got from the presentation was this whole thing that data breaches now uh, notification when it happens is now pretty much required across the board with with you know whether you be in HIPAA or all these other compliance related things notification is really the point when people are in the accident I mean the accidents happen but notification is the very first thing that seems to be required now in the new reality is that am I correct on that assumption you're you're absolutely correct um, what most people don't understand are the large investigative costs that go into just determining whether or not a breach is required, whether or not the data was accessed, how it was accessed, was it exfiltrated. And so many industries have been uh, aware of their need to do data breach notification through state data breach notification laws. I mean, there are now, I think, 45 of them that require it of, of any kind of personal information um, that gets out that meets their specific state criteria. But what's really driving things now that is driving compliance in our industry is the fact that HIPAA final omnibus rule was implemented at the end of March. It will be enforced in September of this year, and it now requires that business associates are directly responsible to meet nearly every single requirement of the HIPAA security, privacy, and data breach notification rules. So not only is the regulatory pressure driving the business associates, the covered entities who are their clients are saying, hey, you need to assure us that you're meeting these criteria or we are bound by HIPAA to pull your contract. And we're also seeing outside of the healthcare arena large corporations who do business with small business, which is great, and in some cases there are small business set-asides where they're encouraged to do that, but they are requiring and demanding proof that the internal security systems of their vendors are up to par. So it's really a confluence of things that are happening right now. So the, and I think why we're, we're talking about it is based on that, the presentation, but the, the critical importance that you and I both see in terms of us as an industry getting this right. I think it's why you're passionate about this is because I, I know you're on the board of Nade, and I, I know that you are committed to this industry and have been for many years. And, and the, the, the scary thing is, I suspect that 
as much as we talk security, that's what we're all about in both the the sort of greater shredding, destruction, data, rim industries. We talk a good game, but we're not necessarily up to par when it comes to this sense of being ready from a data side. I think we do pretty well on the on the physical side, but the data side is where we're pretty exposed. Are, are, are you in agreement with that? I, I am in agreement, and our industry has made great progress in the realm of physical security, um, thanks to certification programs and associations who have built awareness, and they've done such a great job that, in many cases, the security of our businesses is far superior to the security of our clients, which right. makes outsourcing to us a no-brainer. And now, as we handle more than just paper... <laughs> and we're managing electronic patient health information, or PHI, on IT systems, we have to become more aware of the risks around handling that data. And that's not just my opinion. That is a definitive requirement of HIPAA that business associates, just like covered entities, must now have a business impact analysis on file and that... Um, that, that they demonstrate that they are doing regular business impact analysis as a regular course of business and also post-incident. So it, it really is driving the whole idea of risk. And I think there's just a little bit of irony in the fact that we in our profession have been happy about the requirements of HIPAA because it has certainly grown our industry. Right. Now we're part of those who are regulated and we have to make sure that our houses are now in order. The days have come where it is very important to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So it's it's really forcing us to be uh extremely professional and extremely security conscious more than just uh, making sure our doors are locked. We got to make sure that doors are locked on our data systems. So, so, Absolutely. so tell me uh, what you've seen in terms of some of the, um, the outcome. Let, let's deal with outcome before we deal with solution. But, um, you know, and I, I know this is changing. The omnibus rule is coming. But in the world that you have existed in, what have been some of the actual outcomes when data security is breached? And what, what are the costs involved or what are the what are the impacts of that? Um, and what are what are the, the things that corporations are dealing with that our industry now is becoming with this omnibus rule becoming much more um, ready or, or, you know, prepared to deal with? Well, the first one really is when a data breach or a security incident happens in a direct way, meaning it happens directly to you, uh, your organization. And so at that point in time, especially with healthcare data, more so than any other kind of data because it is so unstructured and it is so different across every organization, the investigative costs of first understanding um, how the attack occurred and if any data was taken or copied or even accessed, requires a tremendous amount of forensic investigation. Hmm. And those costs are significant. And most people have at least some point in their life seen an episode of CSI and think that we push a button and it tells us all of this information. The problem is that the attacks 
are very sophisticated right. once they're in the system. They will morph just like the human flu virus so that when we're looking for something, it has already changed as we're trying to find it. And then the data that they take will be encrypted. And it will be encrypted in such a way that we cannot unencrypt it to be able to say, yes, patient health information was taken, or no, it was not. And every lawyer and every client that we deal with wants us to give a definitive statement. And because of the complexity and the advanced techniques of the hackers, it is very, very difficult to say. And so what happens in that case is oftentimes in order to err on the, on the, on the safe side, the, the lawyer will advise or organizations will make a risk-based decision that they are simply going to notify every single client or patient whose data may have been on that mm. particular system when maybe only one file was taken, if right. any. Right. So that's catastrophic. And then the second thing is that people have a false sense of security who use systems to access other systems. So, for instance, if you are an insurance agent and you log into the carrier's main site, you don't store any of that data in your organization, you don't do anything with that data in your organization except maybe collect it on paper and then shred it um, with a qualified shredder, you think that, well, I don't have to worry about these data security laws and breach laws because I don't have my client's data. It's at the insurance carrier. Hmm. Well, if your system, if, if the agency's systems are compromised and key loggers are installed, which is a big way that hackers are able to do what they do, key loggers are installed on machines in that agency, they will steal the credentials to log into the main insurance carrier's systems. So now we have second and third party liability where you're the cause, even though you didn't host the data, but you're the cause of a breach in someone else's system. And so those are, those are especially complex, and those especially end up in litigation where fingers are being pointed. These also are the, the things that you see in some of the most recent cases around financial institutions where someone says, well, a hacker stole all my money. Yeah, they stole all your money in online banking because your own system wasn't secure. They stole your credentials, and then they logged in just like you legitimately from another machine and took the money. And these are these are active cases that are happening right now. These are actual cases uh, that are happening right now. I, I've heard about the breach wall of shame and and its impact in terms of some of the larger corporations. But um, why should we now as as business associates uh, be concerned with that or as professional rim service providers? Well, the wall of shame used to simply be a website, and it would list um, every breach that was over 500 or more individuals. And it would state that ABC Hospital uh, lost 1 million patient records due to a lost backup tape by a vendor. Right. Now, what is anticipated, because there aren't any up there yet, the new wall of shame... Um, is now an actual downloadable file because they want to make it even more simple to find who are the bad actors hmm. and let the public know. And this is a requirement under Section 13402 
E4 of the High Tech Act that the Secretary of Health and Human Services must post a list of breaches of unsecured protected health information affecting 500 or more individuals. So this now that they have this new format, they are also increasing the amount of information that they are giving. And now that business associates fall under the same criteria for the notification, they will also be listed on the wall of shame. So if we have ABC Records Management scanning documents for XYZ Hospital lost 1 million patient records through unsecured Wi-Fi interception, it will then have the penalties, it will then have the corrective actions, and it will then have all of the the outcomes of the breach. And so Mm. it's not a far stretch to think that when vendors um, are being vetted by their clients, um, that they may not even be asked to bid on projects, they may not even be welcome in certain organizations, because if their name is on the wall of shame, then that could be a very bad omen. And heretofore, folks in our industry have had relative anonymity simply by being a vendor. Yeah. So the the dilemma for us now is that we, if we don't have our security systems set up right, if we don't have the kind of um, the kind of proof of of that ability to secure our data even if it's not our data, even if we're passing through a portal somehow, but we're the one responsible for that, uh, we could now effectively be on the wall of shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because HIPAA, you know, the reason that HIPAA was changed as it relates to the business associates is because, unfortunately, business associates were one of the top two reasons for the major breaches. Hmm. Lost laptops, lost backup tapes, and so that started the thinking in the health and human services world of why are we requiring the covered entities to have this strict, strict security, 169 different points of security, but then we don't require the same of their vendors. And so that's really where this has come from. And so, again, it is about if you transmit, store, or process or have access to patient health information. And I think one of the things that's very that's very telling is that they specifically included the records management industry. Hmm. They state that, yes, you are, in fact, a business associate covered under this, because many folks in our industry have been trying to argue that we don't ever see the data. You know, we, we simply process it, and we never see it. And so that's why it has been... The language has been clarified to make sure that it includes folks who may have access to and folks who transmit. Wow. Wow. So that is that is really uh, scary stuff if you're, uh, you're really loose about your security protocols, your security process, uh, whether it be physical and, and really from your perspective, the data side, the, the digital side of that is now becoming even more critical because that's where more hacks are happening. That's where more most of the action's happening. Yes. And unfortunately, it's really not about people being lax with their security on a conscious level. People today do not understand the difference between 
their operational IT staff, and security professionals. Any business that has a bookkeeper and also hires a CPA understands separation of duties and trust but verify. Having your operational IT staff who configure your systems and update things and, and hook up printers being responsible to validate your security, first of all, is the fox guarding the hen house. Hmm. It's no different than our clients that shred their own documents or store their own documents. And there is no independent validation. You would not have your bookkeeper do your taxes. You would not have your bookkeeper do financial assurance for a client who, who wanted that, nor would it be accepted. So as this evolves and people become, begin to understand that security IT is very different than operational IT, this, like outsourcing your document shredding or outsourcing your document management, will become a no-brainer that you would outsource your security validation. Hmm. That's 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 powerful because I I think there is a sense, and I mean I I see it in my own company. There's this sense that we're we're protected, but we don't really validate. Uh, we don't make sure of that. We're just we're just assuming, and within our own IT knowledge base, we think we're doing that, but we, we've got no proof of that because, yeah, when you self-assess, it's very easy to assume. That's absolutely correct. And I've been in situations where we've done security risk assessments, and I've gone down the list of findings to state that um, the patch management process for your servers is, um, is, is a high risk. To have system administrators then argue with me that system patches aren't important and the risk of a system patch taking a system down is far greater than the risk of it being, um, than it being compromised and then it's absolutely 100% false. The vast majority of attacks are allowed to happen because of unpatched servers, workstations, software, firmware, hardware. They all have to be continually patched. And it is a hassle for IT staff because, yes, there are hitches, and they do get calls from end users saying, hey, my computer doesn't work anymore but it is far more likely that systems that don't have good patch management um, will, be, uh, will be compromised. Hmm. Well, and it, that really speaks to the fact that there, there are experts um, that work in this field every day and see the actual breaches in action and see the actual root causes. Yeah, go, going back to you see the accidents when the seatbelts haven't been used. So let, let's, let's talk about this because um, I, I, I think, I, I'm feeling a whole lot of pain right now and guilt and, and awkwardness, and we might as well just tear it open here. So um, what are the most, where are we the most vulnerable, digitally speaking, as in most cases, pretty small businesses, small to mid-size in terms of the operations within the greater rim industries, um, shredding and destruction companies, uh, record storage and management companies, data protection companies. We're small businesses in most cases. What are the top five <laughs> issues we need to be aware of? Where are we the most vulnerable, digitally speaking? Well, yes, digitally speaking, um, the number one area that we see are misconfigured servers that also have services running that aren't necessary, that have ports open to the Internet. Most of the time when systems are installed, 
there is no real risk management protocol addressed so that they are installed with the default settings and that there may be services running that have absolutely no reason to be running in your particular business. And so those are the types of things that hackers look to exploit to get in from the outside. Now, today, most of the incidents are happening happening because we're simply opening the doors and letting the hacker in. When we download attachments, when we click on malicious links, when we um, give out information, somebody calls on the phone and says they're with Microsoft and, and does something called a social engineering attack, all of these things are completely preventable. But really, these things like sharing logon credentials, um, if you're allowing multiple people to share the same machine with the same credentials and one of those employees goes rogue, we do a lot of workplace misconduct investigations, and when someone tells me that the machine has been shared by five people, that makes the investigative cost go through the roof. Um, if we're ever even able to determine who the bad actor was. The other thing is escalated privileges. We in small businesses have a tendency to hire people and trust them, um, and we don't practice the theory of trust but verify. And so we give folks higher privileges on machines than what they need to do their job. Unless someone has a specific reason to be an administrator on a machine, whether it's a server or it's a workstation, they should never have that level of access. Because also, if their machine is compromised, now the hacker has administrative level, level privileges as well. Hmm. And really, it comes down to inadequate security training of staff. We really have to do a better job of getting our staff aware of security. And it's not just good business practice. It's also good for them in their personal lives. And it's easy to do um, with a, a couple pizzas and a lunch and learn and talk about phishing scams, talk about email scams, talk about not ever giving your credentials to anyone. And those are some of the areas where um, we, we see data breaches that were completely preventable because none of those very simple, inexpensive things had been done. Well, and I think, I think it's so easy as a small business to go, well, you know, every time we force our staff to change passwords, well, that's painful. Um, yeah. But, but tell me a little bit about the impact of that pain point not being addressed. Well, the impact really, as we've been discussing around the wall of shame, the loss of business, loss of reputation that you can't even begin to calculate, um, as well as all of the potential litigation costs and investigation costs. These, these are the real impacts. And we have clients from top 10 brokerage firms in the United States all the way down to a five-person startup where, um, you know, they've, they've got some super secret nano uh, data that they need to protect and, and everybody in between. So we see those, those impacts. And I have to say that the smaller the organization, the more devastating the impact. Hmm. We can't insure away all of our liability. And so when we're a small company, a judgment or the investigative costs 
And what we are agreeing to under HIPAA when we sign those business associate agreements as well, it is quite conceivable that a breach could bankrupt your company. Yeah, that's so scary that, stuff. that really has to be evaluated in risk management. Yeah, that's scary. Okay, so I, I know we sit, we were talking about top five things that you feel like are the, the greatest risk um, or where we're most vulnerable. I don't know where we are in those. You talked about misconfigured servers, uh, the problem with escalated privileges, shared logins. Uh, what else are we missing? Well, I think a really good benchmark for folks to see where they where they are um, in the most critical areas um, is the uh, Office of Civil Rights Audit Protocol site itself hmm. because they can self-assess against the requirements and see where they stand. Some of the questions might even be to the point where the respondent says, uh, I don't even know what that is. That's a big red flag um, <laughs> yeah. that you... If you don't know what it is, you're definitely not compliant with it. Right. And so, um, you know, going to that website and using that uh, very simple-to-use audit criteria of the 169 or so different um, required things that you have to have for security, privacy, and data breach is a really powerful way for companies to kind of see where they are. So those 169 things, if we're in any way connected to health information, we're required to be compliant with that 169 self-audit pieces in that on that website that you just talked about. Yes, you are. Or the covered entity is required to pull your contract and not do business with vendors who aren't. Really? So... Not every one of the 169 will apply to every organization. Okay. So, for instance, things about um, covering screens to not allow passersby to see information, um, that may not even apply to you okay. in the service that you provide. But it's very important that every single one of the items, particularly under the security rule, where you can check the box on the website and see what rules specifically you want to assess yourself against or all of them, the security rule is where it really comes down to are your internal IT systems secure. Huh. The privacy rule has more to do with operational security, physical security, as well as um, staff and training and policies. Okay. Um, and then, of course, data breaches specifically around, okay, you definitely have had a breach these are the things that you would have to be able to do if that were to happen. So that's, uh, that's I think, an incredibly valuable tool to really just kind of see where you stand hmm. um, before you would even reach out to a professional security firm to, to kind of help you get all those things in alignment if you decided you needed that. Yeah. So is there any other vulnerabilities we haven't hit that you think are critically important? Because I, I know during your presentation, you listed, I think, 10 of them, uh, 10 big yes. ones. Uh, we've talked about a few of those. Is there, are, are there any others that, that are particularly important in our world, uh, this RIM service world? Well, I think there is one that has relevancy, and it's one that we just began to see um, about six months ago, and that is the attack that holds data hostage. Hmm. So it doesn't 
that the attacker doesn't take the data. They come into the system through one of the attacks that I've talked about, usually a phishing scam um, where somebody sends you an email that looks like it comes from a friend, that looks like it has information that's really relevant to you. You click on it. Now a keylogger has been deployed. And from there, the attacker establishes a beachhead and begins going through the network and encrypting the data of the organization. And once things are encrypted, systems aren't working, things are breaking, you will then get notification from the hacker that um, we have your data and you need to send $5,000, $10,000, $25,000 um, through this basically underground payment website um, and we will give you the keys to your data. Really? And this is especially catastrophic in healthcare because if healthcare can't access its data, it can't treat patients, it can't bill, it can't um, fill out insurance forms. And so we're seeing it happen in the um, small and mid-sized businesses. And I've seen really two outcomes. Um, one, in an, in an organization that had very robust backup disaster recovery and business continuity, where they literally had a hot site that they could flip a switch and all their systems went to this other uh, hot site to continue operations, they said, yeah, we're not paying you. You know, we're good. In another case where an organization um, did not have that type of redundancy, they had no choice but to pay it. And in that case, the first step was that the attacker sent a proof-of-life key to just a little bit of the data to show them that, yes, in fact, we, we can, you know, we do have your data, and here's the key to just a little bit of it to prove it. Um, and then the money is sent through these uh, underground hacker payment sites, um, and it ultimately will end up someplace in Eastern Europe, Asia, Africa, and the chances of ever getting that money back, whether it's paid in ransom or whether it has been stolen from your bank account, is slim to none. Wow. And wow. that is, I think, an especially um, heinous type of thing that we're seeing. And you, you're right you're actually dealing with this with clients right now. So this this is not just hearsay. This is your the kind of work you're doing is actually dealing with companies whose data has been um, basically taken by pirates. Yes, I would say locked up by pirates, right. taken hostage because it hasn't even left their organization. Now, the other challenge with this that has not come up yet, but I have to wonder, is when this is done in healthcare, how would Health and Human Services view this? Is it a breach or not? Because technically, if the attackers were in the system, then it can be argued that they would have had access to look at the information, even if they didn't take it. So that is something that remains to be seen. And in all of these situations that I'm talking about, Anyone can Google them and see that it's not just unique to my clients. Um, these are actual things that happen to a lot of clients. Um, and, you know, one of the most popular presentations I give is the, the Tales from the Trenches. I mean, they're all real-life cases that we are currently working on or have worked on in the past um, and that have happened to companies whose names you would never even recognize and, and a couple that you would. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I feel, um, I, I feel nervous now and maybe that's why, why you tell this stuff because we should feel nervous. And I, I feel like I watch this industry a lot, but I, I'm, I'm actually kind of blown away by it. Um, 
And I, I hope everyone who's listening is somewhat blown away by this because you, my sense is from what you're saying is you have to get your house in order. Um, you've got to, you've, and that piece you, you talked about earlier, you've, you've got to separate duty, um, to validate the security of your data, of your network, of those kind of things. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be quite blunt about it. You guys do this, right? I mean, this is, this is something you do and you understand our world. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and my passion for this industry is for that reason. If one of us has a breach and ends up on the wall of shame, it's going to impact all of us. Right. And so that really, um, that really could reverse all of the progress that we've made over these decades of why companies should outsource to our services because we're more secure, we have better processes, we have documented procedures, and in some cases, um, you know, like need, we have unannounced third-party audits. That putting our vendors up on the wall of shame, our members um, and, and folks that we know, will have a detrimental effect on our industry as a whole and could force people to turn around and say, you know what, if we're going to be responsible for it, we're not letting it leave our custody, and so we'll build our own records management centers. We'll destroy our own data. Right. And that's a trend we don't want to see happen. Right. We need to be proactive to protect the professionalism of our industry that we've worked so hard to establish. Wow. Well, Angie, this is this is powerful stuff, and I, I know we're way over time in terms of, of the the time that we typically take, but I just feel it's so important. So uh, you, you've talked about a number of things today. You, you've talked about uh, the, this uh, Office of Civil Rights, the self-assessment audit. Uh, you've talked about, well, we've talked about your presentation, and I know um, I know you, you have some documents around that. Um, I, I'm going to, if I can get those from you, can I put them on the website so that we can, uh, on the rimproreport.com website so that people can actually, uh, get a, get a connection to that so they can go self audit. I'm also going to put a connection back to you because, um, I, I feel strongly that this industry has to get, to, to get going on this. And, um, you're obviously a great place to start and, and you've got services to help people with these audits and those those kind of things. So, um, I'm going to make that connection back and, um, and I, more than anything, I, I, I'm so glad that you're talking about this because I, I think we've got the physical side pretty well under control, at least generally speaking across the industry, we're professional enough about this, but this whole data side is, is scary now. So, uh, thank you for sharing this with us and thank you for, um, being a, um, a voice calling out for us to get, get this looked after. Absolutely. As I said, this is, this is my passion. And, you know, just in terms of any, you know, final advice I can tell you is download the presentation and look at your systems across those 10 vulnerabilities and make sure you're good in those areas. The presentation doesn't just have the 10 scary things. It has real solutions to every one of them. And then the other thing is please go to that OCR website and please self-assess against it. Um, Reclamere, obviously, is a regional company, um, and we may not be the kind of help someone in, in a distant region, but I'm certainly happy to help someone understand the criteria that they need to look for in a security company um, that's going to look out for their um, best interest um, and really, really help them get their organization secure. Wow. Always happy to pe- talk to people and always happy to help people in our industry. 
Well, Angie, I really appreciate the time. I, I appreciate the, um, the expertise, and thank you again for joining us today. I, I'm, I'm blown away by the power of this, and I hope everyone who's listening is as well. So thank you. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome, Tom. Thank you for your show and for getting the awareness out there and helping us spread awareness. All right. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Wow. Um, well, first I have to say I let that show go a little bit long because uh, longer than normal because, wow, quite uh, – I'm, I'm kind of blown away. And I even saw and heard the presentation that Angie gave, but talking about it sort of um, – opened up a whole new world of stuff. We, we really need to get our act together. And I, I know so many of us believe we have it together, but I, that whole point about uh, verify, um, make sure you're verifying with third-party sources. As much as we believe our IT staff are on top of this, uh, we, we need that, that third-party assessment of it. And so uh, I, I know Angie's company does this, and there's probably companies in your area that also do this. You, you, you'd be crazy not to right now with all that's going on. So thank you to Angie Singer-Keating for uh, giving us that knowledge. Um, and I, I, I think it's important to remind you that the, the stuff that she talked about, I'm going to put that, it's actually on the rimproreport.com website on, on her particular show. So just head back to the site and you'll get that. And uh, yeah, make sure that you're looking after that in your company because you don't want to be on the wall of shame and you don't want to be held up to all of the new stuff that's going to hit in the, in the, in the months ahead because you're lacking the security you need. Hey, I, I thank you for being here. Thanks for allowing us to go a little bit longer. This was a good show. I, I know that uh, it's really important sometimes for me to just let some of these conversations go because they're so powerful. So uh, I also want to thank our exclusive sponsor, O'Neill Software. I know with all the events happening this time of year and we've just come through a number of the big ones, uh, you want to make sure you also mark the date for the upcoming O'Neill Partner Conference after the summer. The conference is going to be held in Huntington Beach, California, September 18th through 20th at the Hilton Waterfront Beach Resort. This conference really is a for O'Neill partners, O'Neill clients, uh, a really an opportunity to make sure the, that you understand uh, how the software works, but also to give back. And uh, the renowned fundraising event alone is worth coming to the O'Neill Partner Conference for. And you can learn more about all of it at O'NeillSoft.com. Hey, that's it for us. Uh, we are uh, really glad you are here. I hope you have a great week. We'll be back next week with another show. We'll talk to you. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Inc. Join us again soon.